Let's welcome Vicky. Good morning. Uh, I trust that you are all enjoying our summer teaching series on Psalm 23. Nods and smiles. Uh, we've been away, we've been on holiday, so we've been taking some time to rest and refresh, but we've been really keen to listen to the podcasts of this series, and it's been a real blessing to us personally so far. Now, when we were planning this teaching series, as you know, we named it Reset with Psalm 23. And as Phil explained at the start, we did this because we realised the summer it's actually a great point in the year to reset. And I think we often think about this in the dark January days, don't we, in New Year, and we realise that some areas of our lives need attention, and so we might set ourselves some new goals. But actually, the summer is also a good time for this, mainly because at some level, at some point, we all stop, and we just take a moment to breathe, and we might take a break from the routine of our lives and our day-to-day activity. So this summer, our aim for you was not only to press the pause button, but to just take a moment to reset and to listen to what God might be saying to you right now and speaking over your life. And we thought it'd be really good to do that whilst walking alongside this beautiful psalm with our loving shepherd. So if you haven't yet taken the moment, or maybe that moment's coming for you, can I really encourage you to just step into this opportunity? It's not too late. And just ask God, how might I need to reset? What is he wanting you to pay attention to? And what changes, and they might only be small, might you need to make to just realign your life with his path. Now this series is based around a beautiful book, which was written by a real life shepherd, as we've spoken about it in previous weeks. It really blessed Will and I, bringing a whole richness and depth and beauty to Psalm 23 into full view. So if you haven't got a copy... I did think maybe you could treat yourself. Um, It's called The Shepherd Trilogy, and it's by Philip Keller, and I think it's on the screen. And I really love you all, but I'm not ordering it for you. So don't come and ask me at the end, okay? (laughs) Um, Should we just pause just a moment, and let's just pray before we dig into verse 4. Okay. Father, I thank you that you are our good shepherd, that you are our Lord, and that you are here right now. And Lord, we've all got things going on, and we've got busy minds and distractions all over the place, but Lord, this morning, this moment right now, I pray that you would help us to just focus right in on you, that you would speak this morning to our hearts, that you would use these words and yet they would bring a richness and a life to people's souls this morning. So, Lord, we just offer this small amount of time to you now. We dedicate it to you. And I ask you to just help us to put all those distractions aside as we just offer these few moments to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
So we have arrived at verse 4. And when I saw this, that I got this verse, I was initially a little unsure. Which is quite funny because I said who's doing what when. But anyway, (laughs) verse 4 reads, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Or, I really like the Passion translation of this. It reads, Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. Because you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. And the comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. Beautiful. My initial thought was, oh Lord, I'm not sure that I personally have fully walked through the valley of deepest darkness. And I feel like I know lots of people who have been or are in that place right now. And I thought, oh, I'm not really sure I feel qualified to speak on this. Now, I felt this way because this is a psalm that's often read at funerals, and rightly so, it's very fitting. And so we often associate this psalm with death, but what God's been showing me is that this isn't a psalm of death. This is a psalm of life. And actually, part of life is learning to walk through the dark valleys in order to get to the mountaintop. And that's why the title of this morning's preach is How to Get to Higher Ground. Don't you think it's really interesting when you tell God that you can't do something or that you maybe haven't experienced something that he quickly reveals to you that perhaps you have? And for me, this often seems to be about something that I really thought I knew, but turning it right on its head. So the bad news this morning is that in this life, we are going to face many dark valleys that we will need to walk through. And yes, there will be a final dark valley. We walk through as we face our own mortality. But actually, this verse isn't just talking about that final dark valley. It's referring to our life journeys. And these journeys are going to be a cycle of walking through the valleys and climbing to the mountaintop. Jesus tells us, doesn't he, in John 16, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we need to accept that walking through the dark valleys will be a part of each of our journeys. But the good news is we're not alone And as this verse reminds us, we have a beautiful saviour, our shepherd, who's walking alongside us, right by us, protecting us and guiding us. Has anyone got an amen for that? So this morning, I want to focus on the question of how we get to higher ground. We're going to be thinking about our life journey and how this might impact our summer reset. Now, Do you know what happens to sheep when they're neglected and they're left in the same field? If you've been listening, Phil and Roy both told you this. They basically destroy their own surroundings. (laughs) 
And part of the job of a good shepherd is to move his flock through a planned journey through the whole year. And the year tends to be divided up by the weather and the seasons. So as the snow begins to disappear off the mountain tops, the sheep and the shepherd begin their path through the valley up towards the mountain. And again, as the colder weather returns, the shepherd and the flock begin their descent. And I was really struck when I was reading this that when the sheep make their way through the valley, it is the one time that they are completely alone with the shepherd. And when we're walking through dark places deep in the valley, we can feel really isolated. And hard as they try, the people around us, they actually can't possibly understand how we feel. But there is one who does. He never leaves. And that valley time can actually be a rich powerful, life-changing time in experiencing the love of our Heavenly Father. Do you remember in the Bible when Samuel comes to anoint David? And it takes quite a long time for David to return to the house. Why? Well, because he's on the mountainside with his sheep. Notice, really important, I think, David doesn't receive military training His training is as a shepherd looking after his sheep. And this image so resonates with me. Back in January, when Will and I, we were thinking and praying, what does God want to say to us? And God just gave me that picture of the shepherd. And at the same time, Will had bought me a book for Christmas about the Yorkshire shepherdess. And then Roy said, you need to read this book by Philip Keller. Um, that we mentioned earlier, and it's just stayed with me through this year, that God is moulding me and shaping me to be a shepherdess. And that image of the shepherd is so comforting. I wonder what God might be saying to you right now through this image. Now, much of the book of Psalms are about mountain ranges, mountaintop experiences. And as human beings, I believe we all want the mountaintop experience, don't we? We want to know the lightness and joy of our loving Heavenly Father. We want to stay in that place where we feel that life is beautiful and all as it should be. The problem is that most of us would like to be transported there by special helicopter. We really don't want to have to go through the valley. In fact, if we're really honest, I think we avoid it at all costs. We live in a world where we're under enormous pressure to be living the mountaintop experience daily. And the world might say, look at my great house, look at our fabulous holiday, look at my brilliant job, look at my perfect children. Our fellow Christians might even say, look at my growing ministry. Look at my answer to prayer. Look at my healing. Look at my family on fire for God. Look at my massive congregation. The list could go on. But we often don't see the reality of the valleys and the long, hard climbs that have got people to that mountaintop experience. And if we're not careful, we can just find ourselves looking around to others and not staying focused on the good shepherd. Now, our God-given vision as a church, the journey we're on, 
is to be a community with Jesus at the centre. So, Junction 10, let's learn together to be an honest, authentic community. Let's recognise and support one another as we walk through our personal valleys. Yes, let's celebrate those mountaintop experiences together when we reach them. But let's do all of that with the shepherd at the centre. Let's fix our gaze on him and walk closely to him. Now, the problem is the only way to the mountaintop is through the valley. It's a fact, wherever there's a mountain, there is a valley. And I'm really sorry, there is no spiritual helicopter or magic escalator. We've got to be brave and prepared to walk through the valley, holding on and trusting our shepherd. And I believe that this verse is teaching us that to get to higher ground, we need to be in a place where we're prepared to enter the valley with the good shepherd, where we know and we trust he's with us, he's going to walk with us, and that all the way through his peace is available to us. I wonder if any of you are like me. I'm a bit of a planner. I like to plan everything. I do have um, a pic- an ideal picture of myself where I am completely carefree. I'm so easygoing that I just stroll through every day without a worry or a concern. I deal with events as they happen. I never get panicked or concerned. And then I realise that's pure fantasy. And my truth is, I can't help myself from looking ahead and planning, from letting my mind run wild with, well, what about if this happens? Or what about if that doesn't happen? And then I come to the realisation that what I'm actually trying to do is control and not trust. Funnily enough, my Heavenly Father doesn't actually need me to run the universe. He's more than well-equipped. In fact, he's told me and he's told us quite specifically not to worry about tomorrow. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So when preparing and planning what I would say today, my biggest learning point from this verse is that I often spend most of my life trying to anticipate and plan to avoid the possible valleys rather than living in the day that has been given me. And I've had to acknowledge part of my life's journey as a disciple of Jesus will be to walk through the valleys and the difficult times. In fact, I'd say recently it's been quite a difficult valley moment for me. But it's made me lean in. It's made me hold on tighter to my shepherd And it has shown me there is still joy, and yes, I did say joy, and peace in the valley. In this precious verse, there is an experience for all of us now. Part of following Jesus means participating in the valleys of life and the journey to higher ground. So that one day, when we do die, it will actually just be the next and most obvious valley to enter into, a valley which leads us to the higher ground of heaven. So yes, that final mountaintop will be when we're dancing with Jesus in heaven. You may not dance, I'm pretty sure I will. But that doesn't mean that right now there isn't a mountain 
for us to ascend. So how do we get to higher ground? Well, firstly, we trust the Good Shepherd by acknowledging and accepting that going through the valleys is part of our life journey and so we no longer avoid it. And this could be a first reset for you. I need to stop avoiding and I need to start trusting. And can I just say, you're not supposed to go, oh, I love the valley. It's such a great place. Yes. Denying our circumstances is not faith. But acknowledging that the good shepherd and following him will save us because Jesus is life. Secondly, we look for the shepherd and we find the shepherd. And again, this could be another reset moment. Have you been looking for him? Do you know that he's looking for you? Maybe in this moment you know where he is in your life. Or maybe you realise you've been looking for many other things, but you haven't been seeking the good shepherd. Now, sheep are really quite stupid animals, and they often get distracted and they go astray, but the shepherd will always go in search of them to find them. And that's why I say this morning, our good shepherd is looking for you. A little bit of advice. If you're looking for the shepherd, find someone else who's following the shepherd, who's got really close proximity to Jesus. Don't go and hang out with people who are not close to him. Because all it will do is take you further away. Stick close to somebody who loves him. Stick close to the flock. Stick close to this community because you'll find him. So when we've accepted our need to walk through the valley, we've got our eyes firmly set on the good shepherd, we need to begin our walk through the valley to higher ground. But the valley is a crucial place. Because it's a place for refreshing. It's where we find water. If you've ever climbed a mountain or you've seen a mountain, you'll most likely have seen the streams flowing down the mountain. And as you begin your climb through the valley, this is where you find some nice, fresh water. And if you want pure, fresh water, the way to get it is to start climbing to higher ground. When we find ourselves in adversity or in really difficult situations, have you noticed how present God suddenly is in your life? Because he's there saying, I want to lead you to higher ground. I want to refresh you. This is an invitation in our valley to discover the Lord's refreshing. Jesus told us, didn't he? He is living water. And we all know that experience of feeling just so thirsty and so dry and so desperate for a drink. And that moment when we're given a cool glass of water and our spirits can be exactly the same. God has spiritual water for us. I believe he's got a spiritual refreshing for each of us this morning. We've heard about him giving us good gifts. He's got a refreshing just waiting to pour over you. And all you have to do is ask for it. So we've got a choice. Do we say yes to this and follow our good shepherd? Because do you know what? Sometimes I think we say, 
Refresh me first, then I'll follow you. Perhaps for some of you, this is your reset. Perhaps you haven't actually started to climb with the good shepherd. He's calling you on. He's got streams of living water to refresh your soul right now, available to you. Now, I am aware of time, but before I finish, I do want us to spend a few moments thinking about the rod and the staff. Verse 4 says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A modern-day shepherd actually carries very little with them, mainly just a crook and a shotgun. And Americans still use the word rod as a slang word for gun. But a rod is actually a hard, heavy club which is used by a shepherd to kill predators and is there for protection. And shepherd boys learn how to throw a rod to kill the predators like lions and bears. And this is how David would have learnt the courage and the skills to kill Goliath. Now, in the Old Testament, the rod is a symbol of authority, discipline, and protection. And the sheep are actually calmed when they see the shepherd carrying the rod because they know they're safe and they're protected. Now, in the Bible, the rod is God's word. And so for us, God's word is the truth that protects us. So we can have the courage to walk through the valley and to begin climbing to higher ground when we know we have the protection of God's word. When we read his word, when we read his experiences and his love for his people, it protects us. His word provides us with pictures and images and experiences that we can live by now. Is this the reset for you this morning? Do you need to start reading his word and living by his word so that you know its protection as you walk through the valley? The rod is also used by the shepherd to prise open the very thick wool on the sheep to check the skin underneath to see how healthy they are. I wonder this morning, will we let the good shepherd examine us? Will we allow his authority to look at all of us, to open up every bit of our lives, even the darkest places, the places perhaps we don't want to acknowledge or look at? Is that your reset moment? And finally, as we land this morning, we look at the staff, which represents the shepherd's love and care and concern for each one of us. The staff is there to rescue us and pull us back when we've wandered away. It's there to guide us and stop us going in the wrong direction. And it's there to show the shepherd's affection for each one of us as we stay close to him. There is no other job which uses a staff. Only shepherds have them. And they have them for three things. Firstly, to lift the lambs close to the mothers, those that are perhaps struggling to bond. Secondly, to catch the sheep and bring them right close in. Did you know, and I didn't know this until reading up on it, that some shepherds know the names of their flock and will often speak their name. They speak lovingly to them as they bring them back to safety. 
And lastly, they use the staff to guide them. And this involves really close contact with the sheep, gently touching them to show them the way. Now, another thing I didn't realise is that some sheep have more affection for the shepherd than others. And they do tend to be the ones that he names. And these sheep will try and get as close to the shepherd as they possibly can. They walk right by him, right by his staff, so they can have really close contact. What a great image. Now, many of you will know we have a dog called Betsy. I think she may appear. There she is. Um, Sorry to anybody else who has a dog, but Betsy is the best dog in the world. Um, She's actually the best present my husband ever bought me. And if I'm really honest, I wasn't even sure we should have a dog, but it really is a great thing that we did. Now, when I get back after being out, Betsy is always pleased to see me. In fact, she's pleased to see everyone. If you came back to our house today, she'd be delighted to see you. But I have noticed that she does something with me that she doesn't do with other people. Just like those sheep, she pushes her whole body into my legs. And it's as though if she could speak, she's trying to say, this is how much I love you. I want to be as close to you as I possibly can. Just like those sheep, pressing close to the shepherd and his staff. And this is my reset this morning, because I want to be up close to the Good Shepherd. I want to hear him speak my name, protecting me and guiding me, being brave enough to walk through the dark valleys and knowing that he is with me, calling me up to the refreshing waters of higher ground. If I could just ask the worship team to come up now and just play gently for us. Perhaps while they're doing that, you could just have a few minutes reflecting on what you have heard this morning. What has stood out to you? What is God calling you to right now? What reset needs to happen in your life? And maybe you could just spend a few moments talking to God about that. As Will's already said, our prayer ministry team, they're here this morning. So if you want prayer, just go down there. Maybe you want to share some of that with them and have somebody pray over it with you. But don't miss out on the opportunity. Don't walk away and forget about all that. Take this moment to just speak to your good shepherd and hear his voice over you.